Hello and welcome once again to the How Long To Beat podcast. As always, Alex. Hey. Paula. Hello. Joining myself, Rick. Uh, we are going to talk about the games we have beaten, retired and currently been playing. Uh, there's some wonderful play date posting from Alex coming up as part of that. Uh, we're going to briefly touch on the game of the month um, as voted on uh, via the forums in the Discord for October. Uh, and we are going to touch on gamifying <laughs> politics. But we'll be playing it in October. Well, no, it's oh, the no. game of the month because it's a. T- <laughs> yeah. What's happened to this year? <laughs> I, uh, I know. I don't know. I'm wishing it away. Right. So, the game of the month for September. Uh, and then we're going to talk about gamifying politics. Um, a really dry thing and a really fun thing coming together. Um, and we'll also be coming together at the end to play everyone's favorite How, How long, long to, to, be? Long to beat. The, the game. game. The game. Um, Right here. Go on, Alex. You jump in first. I want to hear about um, some of the Playdate stuff. In fact, yeah. one of them you've... What, what's the logistics of the one that you've, like, graphed out? Cause one well, of them... I've graphed out two, and they're the, they're the season games. Um, so the way... Here, here's what we're going to do for, like, listener folks. So Rick is getting a Playdate. So what I'm going to do is, like, just for my sake of mind, to remind myself where the heck, what games I've played, I'm going to be leaving the season games on. And... What I'll do is give like a literal zero context, you know nothing about them, <laughs> feeling of how I enjoyed it. Um, and then when Rick gets his play date, we'll delve into more as he's playing them. Um, uh, and then I'm also playing some games from, there was an itch.io bundle. Um, and so I'm going to talk more in depth about those ones because they're not really surprises, right? They're just games that I also think, I would also say if you are someone with a play date, you might want to hear a little bit more about those anyway because you're not going to get them right you know for free automatically right? exactly yeah. um yeah. so when it comes to the first two season games uh, what i will say is one of them was fine it's kind of boring it's not really interesting and the second one was amazing so i had a really fun time with the second one and, and in fact i was like wow this is okay the play date means business all righty like it just kind of showed me that like first off it could be beautiful funny and um very enjoyable games and and the thing that i would say too that's been interesting like the playdate is i think rick and i's niche big time um where like i it's hard to explain but like these games feel like i'm playing my game boy again without any of the real like limitations of the game boy besides maybe the visuals right um because but also the visuals are crisp in this like this thing looks good now you need a good light source so that is similar to the game (laughs) it ain't gonna be easy to see unless you've got some light behind you um but uh there's also just a lot more space um to play like there's just more memory within this thing like it's just it's just good um and the music sounds great the speaker on this thing's excellent um the crank feels good it's fun um it's a it's a neat little extra mechanic um that does actually like even thus far i've seen some games using it in creative ways that you're like oh okay this thing is it can be more than just it's a lot of different inputs at once right like in one game it's it's you know you you can spin it to like switch menu items and stuff which really is like a small but useful thing um and uh also i have to say the charging whoa <laughs> fucking thing charges fast which i guess like maybe i'm just like old and you know i'm just used to shit taking a while to charge but like 
I was at 64%. I did a little test because I felt like it was going really fast. And so like I plugged it in and it was 10 minutes, literally exactly 10 minutes to full charge. Um, I don't think it's a massive battery, number one, but also like battery tech's got good. Charging tech has gotten real good recently. Right? Yeah. So, charging yeah. is a godsend, to be honest. Mm. And I think maybe it's because, you know, I'm used to like my phone, which my phone also charges extremely fast. Like the new Galaxy S22 Plus, but it also, it, it, it dies fast too, right? I mean, not super fast, but if I'm using it a bunch throughout the day. Now, the Playdate I find in general, as I'm playing it so far, I've never had an issue where like I've run all the way down. Plus, let's be real. You're not playing your Playdate for hours and hours on end. Like it's a pick up and play handheld. Like that's the point. <laughs> um, so like, but even that being said, I do think if you were to take this on like, you know, commutes and stuff, you would have easily like hours of gameplay time um, to use. Like you could certainly for a full day, you wouldn't need to charge the thing if you were playing like a lot. Um, so anyway, I fucking love this thing, man. <laughs> I'm very happy with my pre-order. Um, so the other, so yeah, those are the two first games. Then the other one that I played on the play date was uh, from the itch.io bundle. And it's a joke that's worth uh, 99 cents or basically. And, this is such a fucking stupid game. It's so fucking stupid. I beat it. It was actually quite difficult to beat. Was it worth beating? Unequivocally, no. Do I regret beating it? Also unequivocally, no. So it's kind of paradoxical in that sense. Where like you finish it and you're like, he warned me. Like you're like, the game warned me that this is not worth my time. But I did it anyway. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really cute. Um, and I recommend it. I'll talk a lot more when we get to the playing section on stuff. Um, it's been like basically by my side since I've got it now. I've just had it with me and I've been using it all the time. <laughs> um, I also, okay, I guess quote unquote beat Dorf Romantic. I, again, how do you know when you beat this game? You don't really. You beat it because you said so. Classic. Yeah. yeah. And mostly yeah. the way I treated it, it was like I unlocked the challenges basically. Like I didn't complete all the challenges because fucking hell, that would take a long time. But I like unlocked them all. So I'm like, I guess that counts. I'd, I'd say I beat it now. Um, you know, and I've beaten multiple games of it. And you know what this also is? It's a little bit like the, the rogue like game situation where I'm like, if I don't stop playing this game now i'm going to blink and have 50 hours in this thing <laughs> i was like and there are a lot of other goddamn games that i want to play yeah so i need to put this thing to bed right now um i do supremely recommend this though uh, especially if you can actually no, you know you don't even need to grab it on sale it's already cheap as shit it's like maybe like 15 bucks and i think that's a cad so i think it's cheaper even um in other regions so yeah just, just grab it at some point if you want to chill out and uh, enjoy some uh, some real chill and just sublime vibes. Uh, anyway, that's it for what I've beaten. Not a whole lot. Uh, Paula, I see so you got nothing this week. Um, yep, nothing. <laughs> so, Rick, why don't you tell us about your Android adventures? Absolutely. And before I do, I just want to say I didn't think I could be more excited about the play date, but I am definitely buzzing off the ringing endorsement that I'm hearing from you. Um, yeah. Is the screen as good as people say it is in light? Gorgeous. That's the thing people said. It's like an e-ink sort of thing where it really pops if you're outside. It's honestly, yeah, it's a little like um, it okay. So it's one color, right? Like it's just black. But sure, it, it's monochrome. Yeah, it feels so kind of like surreal because you're looking at this thing and you're like, how is this like? 
how is this thing so crisp? Like, that's the feeling that I have with it. Like, it is really, really beautiful. Um, and it makes everything look just, like, sublime on it. Um, it's, it's a really, really, really awesome screen. Like, this, to me, I actually would say it. this feels, and again, like, it's so tiny, but this feels like um, the spirit of the Game Boy. Like, really, truly mm. the spirit of the Game Boy where they took some technology that was like, you know, oh, you know, who really cares about this thing? It's like basically, you know, <laughs> calculator tech, essentially. Um, and then created this like really neat little thing with it. And that's what this Playdate feels like. And like, I'm really glad that it's found its niche because I am that niche. And so are you, right? <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. I was just thinking like, it's absolutely built for obsessives like us. Yeah, it really so, is. And it's actually something that I'm worth, like I feel fine with spending like extra money on like if they had another season i don't even really care how much they charge i will buy it like i'm just like mm. do you know what i mean because like this is the thing where i'm like i can't get this shit anywhere else right like it yeah. truly as i'm playing it i'm like no 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 you you don't get this in other areas you don't get this experience it's it's very much unique and um which is kind of great and also a little sad because you're like damn man there's so many people who are definitely not going to get to experience these really really <laughs> awesome games but then I'm also like, oh, well, just get a play date eventually. <laughs> I, eventually is absolutely the key word because, like, we ordered maybe a couple of days apart. You've got yours a few weeks ago. Mine's probably not going to come until October, no, November, December at the absolute earliest. Yeah. Well, what Anyone who's ordering it now is 23. I'm phase four. Oh, you're phase four. Yeah, I would say November, December probably because I think phase That's four is still in 2022, right? But late, yeah. Late. So phase three is, like, ongoing as we speak as i understand it i don't think they've formally announced it but um i think they've posted everything out from phase two obviously so. logistics being what they are it's just going to be a case of when they have it to send it to me they'll send it to me yeah because from what i understand like i've been in the playdate discord and like i was following their shipping things because i was just curious about it and like what i could what from what i can tell they essentially there'll be like a week maybe where there's no no one got any notifications and then it's just like bam everyone gets them because it sounds to me yeah. like they're just waiting for shipments from their warehouse and obviously they get large shipments of it and then they just send it out. Um, and I also have to say the cover is great. I really recommend the cover. <laughs> like, I'm glad I ordered it with, yeah, it looks beautiful. Yeah, I would be really nervous if I didn't have this cover because like that screen's beautiful and I do not want that screen getting any kind of damage. You know what I'm saying? Like, Not an easy fix either. Like no, you're not finding replacement parts for that thing. Like my Switch light screen has been like beat to shit like it's not scratched but it's just like you know what i mean it's dusty i touch it all the time right like it's a touch screen so i don't really give a shit like i'm like whatever that can be whatever but like with the play date especially where you don't you can't increase brightness or anything like you don't want your screen getting fucked <laughs> nope um i wasn't gonna say then yeah and even if it doesn't get another season like there's enough people who've popped up to make things for it it's open enough for things like that, that that's cool uh my completion um is West Shadow Slumber, aka B Tech Monument Valley. Uh, I I definitely still recommend it. I think it loses a bit of steam towards the end. And it's hard to put a finger exactly on what it is that they're missing, but it just doesn't control nearly as well as some of its better contemporaries. Um, and Monument Valley is a tricky one because it is such an easy comparison. Um, they don't necessarily do the same sort of Rube, not is it Rube Gold? No, MC Escher, where it's like painting in on itself. But um, in the terms of the interaction with the environment, the way the puzzles work, uh, there are a lot of similarities to be drawn. 
Um, it definitely sets itself apart in the story that it tells. It's maybe a little bit less clear cut, but it also leans a bit more into um, abject horror and tension. And I really, really liked that. I thought it was a bold choice. Um, and it, it's cheap. It's like a couple of pounds. I think if you're the kind of person who's gaming on the go, it's well worth checking out. If you've already played like the obvious ones where, you know, someone says, what should I play on mobile? That's a good game that you can only get on mobile and people will recommend you things like Monument Valley. Once you've played those, I think this is the next step if you're hungry for more. Um, I don't think I could recommend it above those games, but I am very glad I played it. Um, anyone who happens to have a folding device, it plays sick on the fold. So that's not a concern to have either. So yeah, uh, that that that's me. That's all I've had. So it's a bit of insider baseball. We last recorded um, what four days ago. Yeah. So hence, not not a lot has moved there. Um, if we move into retirements uh, again, nothing from Paolo. So why don't you tell us about the the bad playdate game that you require you retired Alex? Which I'm, I'm sad about because Necro Crisis looked cool. It's not bad. It's not optimal for the. It's it's an interesting idea that I'm glad somebody tried and now we know it doesn't really mm-hmm. work. Um, and, and I don't even, but I don't even mean that like. Sometimes I would say that like a really snarkily, but I just mean honestly, it just doesn't work. Um, because what it mm-hmm. is is it's a zombie first person arcade shooter, and it from has, the screenshots it looked very like Resident Evil Gaiden. If that's a reference point, you can yeah maybe House with. of the Dead more like um that kind of like you know the like. Here they come, shoot, 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 kind of thing. Um, Resi Garden is like a Game Boy Color version of that, and there's like an aim thing moving left oh, and right, oh, and you almost okay. have to time it to hit. No, it looks very see, similar to you that. You have to no? move oh, okay. the cursor yourself. Actually, oh, is that the crank motion? You, no, see, okay, this is the problem. So, what you just described would actually, I actually think, might be an interesting way to make this work. But the way that it works is that your the D pad moves your crosshair, and then uh, okay, yeah, to shoot your gun, you crank um, to shoot. Um, like a Gatling type like thing, a Gatling. okay. And then you you crank it the other way to reload. Now here's the problem. Just I mean, no one watched could see this, but when I when I crank, my playdate moves a lot, right? Uh, because I'm cranking fast, so the playdate's going to shake. So now you're trying to aim. You have to aim. At the you same have a time. monochrome screen. Your crosshair yeah. is actually quite light, um, and has a really thin um, line around it. You lose that crosshair all the time. And moving with the D-pad, virtually impossible. It is really, really not fun. I did it after like a few minutes, and I was like, this is not fun. This is bad, actually. Now, what you just described, (laughs) if they made a game where the crosshair just went along and you had to time crank shots, that would actually be really... I I think I'd dig that, because you could hold your Mm -hmm. play date really still, and you could do that. In fact, maybe I should... uh, Call my buddy. Like, Open SDK. Yeah, I was on. like, oh, actually, now that you described it, Rick, that sounds kind of fun, actually. <laughs> um, I will take just a generous, but but you know, really, yeah, really humble, fifteen percent royalty. From <laughs> yeah, there you go. Make. Yeah, um, because all honestly, it's a good idea. Um, it's just executed poorly. And again, mm. it's the monochrome screen, right? With a crosshair like that, ugh, it just doesn't work. You you need, I think, it needs either a boxier or just like a, a much thicker crosshair that is like a lot harder to ignore. Um, because otherwise, it's just a little. Ugh. Um, so, yeah, it's sad too because the art's gorgeous. Um, so is the sound and the like. The design it all seems really nice, and yeah, you can tell they are clearly like Resident Evil inspired. But no, nope, no good. Sadly, worth to try. Um, <laughs> if you get it, so yeah. I would say this: if you get it in the bundle, give it a shot. Uh, if you don't get it in the bundle, I would not buy this um, separately. 
I, I don't think it's worth buying it um, because you're not. Yeah, it's not worth buying it unless you maybe were playing it on like I don't know. I think they have like Playdate SKUs or something on the computer. I don't know. Like maybe then you could say it's worth it, but what's the fucking point? There's no point doing it that way. <laughs> no. Um, what about you? You retired our uh, the good old cleaner. Right? Cleaner cleaner. <laughs> I did. So if you remember last episode, I was sort of saying that I actually thought it was quite easy. Uh, it pulled the Fire Emblem 7. Those first 10 levels were the tutorial. And then it, it fucking went hard. <laughs> oh, and, shit. Uh, okay. Now, it's good. I, I have to be clear. This game is really good. I'm just not into stealth gaming all that much. So I got through level 11 after, like, tearing a few chunks of hair out. Um, went to level 12. I was just like, I'm not having fun anymore. Like, the game is objectively good and well put together um, and really smartly designed. I still love the aesthetic and the story actually starts to go somewhere. Uh, not somewhere particularly surprising, but they actually start to do something with it rather than it just being a series of um, disconnected set pieces. So that was a pleasant surprise as well. I just wasn't digging it. It just wasn't working for me. Um, if you like stealth games, this is one that is you know, really, really competently done. Not for me. Yeah, that's fair. Right, enough of me repeating the same thing four or five times. We haven't heard anything from you, Paolo. What are you playing at the moment? Oh, I have been playing a, a lot. Mainly because we recorded like four days ago, so <laughs> yeah, three days ago, so there isn't much that has changed. I have been playing... I have been playing a lot of Age of Empires 4 to the surprise of no one. I am one victory away from gold... Two. Oh shit! So, oh, right. goddamn. Are there three gold levels? Like, how many is it again? Is it... There are three gold levels, three bronze levels, three silver levels. Not in that order. <laughs> and then, um, it's platinum, diamond, and conqueror. You're moving up the ranks. Yep, I am moving up the ranks. I hope I don't get. Uh, squash like a bug in my next batch because otherwise I'm gonna be a lot more far farther from gold too. But I'm currently in um. How do you how do you call it when you have like a lot of consecutive wins? A win streak. You're on a roll, yeah, or a win streak. I'm on a roll. That's the thing. So I've been I've won three consecutive consecutive matches. So I am very scared to that my luck is running out and I'm going to go against like a very uh, proficient player that is going to like steamroll me. It's so a, I was just going to say, you never know. It's just a roll of the dice, you right? You never know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm also playing Fiofiere, Fate of Memories. I am still on chapter one on Nicholas route. I am slowly moving... I am slowly getting to chapter two of the of the route, getting there, and finally, and um, I think we're gonna touch on this like uh, a lot more on when we talk about the game of the month. Is the Lane of Zelda: A Link to the Past? So I've never been in this game before. I never gone like very far in this game before. So, uh, since it won game of the month, I decided like why not? Let's play it, and. I have to say, like the, I guess the controls on the Switch are like, uh, are like way more comfier than in the 3DS when I was playing there. 
because I tried to play with the uh, the Virtual Console version of uh, A Link to the Past on my new 3DS, and for some reason the D-pad was not doing it for me in that moment, and I don't know if maybe it's because the 3DS is a lot more heavier because I had an Excel uh, compared to the Switch Lite, or like mm, less comfortable. So in general, when I had to play like anything with a D-pad, it kind of like was a little bit uncomfortable because of how yeah. the physics of, of the of the console works. Like there there was something that like wasn't like quite doing it for me. Well, on the Switch Lite, it is very very comfortable to play, and I love it. I was just gonna say we might as well not bury the lead we might as well just do our game of the month discussion now <laughs> anyway yeah um, why not yeah I'm sorry <laughs> no no that's fine that makes perfect sense um yeah I mean as you've heard a link to the past an absolute classic um so this is you're saying Palak so you've tried to play this one a few times um but it's just never clicked yep it never clicked in May on one side because of the hardware I was using, and on the other side because like I like Top Down Zelda. I played um, A Link Between Worlds, Worlds, and uh, what's the other one that is Top Down? Uh, a Link to the Past. No, not it's Link to the Past. I'm an idiot. No, um, Link's Awakening. Or, Link's Awakening. Ah, oh, uh, okay. okay. There we go. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, but I've played those two like in the remake. I haven't played the originals. The, the remake of the um, I Link to the Post. Like, sorry, I mean, I'm being confusing today. Words are not working today. And There's another one of the games that I've, one of the few games I've replayed, actually, that Link to the Past remake. I love mm. that shit, man. It's gorgeous. <laughs> As in the GBA what? version, do you mean? Oh, no. Link... No, the, no the you mean the, the Switch works. one of the Game Boy. Right, like... sorry, I got mixed up. Yes, yeah, yeah. A Link's Awakening, you mean? Did I say Link Between Worlds? You said, yeah, you, said, you said a link to the past, and I was like, what? Remake? Too many links. It's a heat wave. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I was like, why is it so quiet? Because I'm an idiot, that's why. All right, again. <laughs> what I meant is Link's Awakening. There's too many links. What? <laughs> like, uh, oh, Jesus, yeah. Um, no, uh, Link's Awakening remake on the Switch, I have replayed many times. A link to the past, I've played once. And I mean. Yeah. I want to like play all the solo games like in order of release and mm. um, the best version of each of each game. So uh, I played. I'm I'm still playing the Adventure of Link, but I couldn't like not jump into Link to the Past being the game of the month. So here we are. You know, it's interesting too. Like it sounds to me like uh, a Link to the Past is your Majora's Mask. In my like in my case where i always try to play that game but i just can't like it seems like there are two types of zelda players right there are those who are just like love the 3d ones and the 2d is like okay or the opposite right that's me yep yeah right like i'm like 2d all the way eh, 3d but paula i feel like you're very much 3d all the way and then 2d is like you, you have a respect for them but i feel like it's more of a um it doesn't come as naturally as the 3d ones yeah, in particular, uh, this one, because, again, since I played the other one that are, the other two ones that are more recent, then yeah. they were um, designed with um, more um, modern control, skill, 
control scheme in mind. So when you only can move in the four directions, and like it's kind of like it feels kind of clunky, like to go back. But after playing Zelda One and uh, partially Zelda Two. <laughs> This link feels like a fucking godsend. Like, and I actually think you're playing it interestingly because you can really see why Link to the Past was such a big fucking deal, right? Like going from yeah. Legend of Zelda: Adventure of Link to Link to the Past. I mean, holy shit, right? Like that was like, I'm sure that blew every little '90s kid's mind. <laughs> yeah, especially because uh, Zelda Two is kind of considered like the black chip of the franchise. Yeah. Like going back to the original formula, uh, kind of like it was pretty much what people wanted at that time because who wants to play Zelda and be like, let it be, have it be like a side scroller? So, and like a Metroidvania almost kind of side scroller because holy fuck, that game, the navigation of that game is a nightmare. Just gotta say. Yeah. Um, and, I think that A Link to the Past is like the first game that established like the current format that, or like the format before Breath of the Wild, yeah. where you have like to collect the three things to get to the, uh, to the Master Sword, and then you have the second half of the game where you have like the more complex dungeons. Yeah, I would say for sure. I feel like it's the birth of modern Zelda, um as a concept and i mean obviously it's not like it eschewed everything that the two zeldas did before it was it is iterating of course but you can tell it was iterating yep. a lot more on zelda one even though there's a surprisingly a surprisingly large amount of things from zelda two that get pulled forth into the future that people just don't quite realize you know what i mean it's like um but anyway i actually played this one on the wii virtual console um back in the day with the classic controllers like this one to me was like i played this i remember when i was quite young actually um I can still remember, yeah, I have very vivid memories of that splash screen on the Wii when you click the link to the past and it would come up and it's like, dun, dun, dun. you know, it's like, oh, here we go. All right, let's do it. Um, yeah, it was good shit, man. And, um, and a little shiny sword through it. It's, it's good stuff. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because like, I think, and maybe this is part of why I'm more of a fan of 2D Zelda games is that I think I had a better first experience with 2D Zelda. In the sense that, you know, I don't, I think this might have been my first Zelda game, actually. I think A Link to the oh, Past damn. was my first Ooh. one. Now that I think back on it, I'm like, I don't, I don't think I played a Zelda game before this. Because I think I played this, Oracle of Ages. And then I likely, I think I, I, I like kind of played Ocarina of Time at some like friends' houses. Um but I never managed to beat Ocarina of Time because I would play that in Majora's Mask maybe on the Wii as well at some point, but I don't. I never ever beat them on that one. I, I only ended up beating Ocarina of Time much later. Um, and mm. I beat that with a friend, right? Like, that was a big part of beating Ocarina of Time is, like, we sort of played together. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, Link to the Past is my first Zelda game. <laughs> so I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I'm in, the, I'm in the Paolo camp of having never played this game, but I do own like an, an original copy of it on gba so that's hey. probably where i'm gonna be playing it i did have a quick google earlier and it looks like the versions are pretty indistinguishable apart from yeah. like the lack of extra buttons and there's a couple of like incidental room and audio changes so i'm probably going to give gba a crack 
Um, I might have a quick peek at SNES and just make sure there's nothing I'm missing, but I think GBA is probably where I'm going to be playing. Um, yeah. Plus, yeah, you, uh, I prefer to... Oh, sorry. Got... Your love for Minish Cap, no. you'll enjoy it on the GBA. <laughs> oh, I adored Minish Cap. And 2D has always been the way I played. I think Phantom Hourglass was my first. Um, I've never completed a 3D Zelda. I've played Ocarina and retired it a couple of times. Um, I've played Twilight Princess. I got stuck on a wolf section as like a younger guy and just left mm. it. Um, and I've played a little bit of Breath of the Wild pre-owning my own Switch, so I'm yet to come back to that one. So, yeah, I don't think I've actually beaten a 3D Zelda. You know, sorry, now I'm thinking, you know what? No, Wind Waker would have had to have been my first. Fuck, what was my first Zelda? Because now that I think about it, it would have had to have been Wind Waker because I had that that um, Ocarina of Time, you know that Game Boy, GameCube uh, Ocarina of Time disc? that came oh the yeah. master the, the master class edition like, thing yeah yes i had that i had that um and i had wind waker so i must have played wind waker first and then yeah because mm. i remember playing ocarina of time on my gamecube and not liking it and then i remember <laughs> getting linked to the past so maybe it was only the second one but anyway it was it's one of the first ones that i played basically you know what i mean like it was like it was like wind waker foundational. And that. yeah yeah very foundational yeah. for me because again wind waker being a first too though like I think maybe that's why I couldn't quite get into like everyone who played Ogre to Tie, you know, at first they're like, what is this Wind Waker thing? But then I'm like, my first game is Wind Waker. So <laughs> speaking of that, I got to fucking finish that on the Wii U over there. Maybe that's what I'm after. Mm. I got that Wii U sitting there ready to go get some gaming on. <laughs> Too busy playdating. Honestly, honestly, it's true. <laughs> I've been watching, sorry, slight tangent very fast. Uh, have you heard of Players? The, the, it's okay it's paramount Pl okay have you heard of american vandal either of you no what all right american Sorry. vandal is a netflix mockumentary um about these like kids who anyway it's really funny it's a mockumentary about this phantom shitter basically um this guy goes <laughs> yeah yeah it's really stupid um it's really stupid oh no, no no wait the was the first one about the cocks i think the first one was about some guy who goes around drawing dicks all over the school and it's like a really serious mockumentary but it's making fun of the joke is that they're playing it straight. Yeah. Exactly. It's okay. super, they play it super straight. And it's actually really, like, what's really impressive about these mockumentaries is that they're very funny, but they create extremely compelling characters, and they don't, like, play into cheap gags. It's like they're actually, what they're doing is getting you extremely invested in their stories, so that by the time you're done, you're like, what the fuck? I was actually moved by this? Like, you're like, this is weird, right? Um, and so they made one about esports. And it's all about following an esports team on league, um, and essentially following like this new player coming into it and them trying to like get to the finals. And it is amazing. It is very, very well done, and it has all the personalities that you would expect on it. And it's just, and it's also weird because like it's also quite exciting at times. Like I used to play League of Legends a long time ago. But like this shit is quite good, so like I, I recommend if people want to, uh, if they if they'd like to see a fun mockumentary, check it out. It's on like Paramount Plus or some shit, but we don't have that in Canada, so you know, I sailed the seven seas and, and got myself a copy. But you might want to do that. So, so what's it called? It's not American Vandal, is it? That's no, it's I'm called Players, then. just Players. Uh, and it released this okay. year, so it's Players 2022 because there's a lot of different players. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of media called Players, basically. <laughs> I'm pretty um, sure we've got a club in the UK called Players, or had at some point. Probably pre-pandemic, it probably doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, sure. Yeah, and you know, 
it's it's very um it is a very very funny show man it's just it's good shit because it's basically like this 27 year old who's like kind of he was like a real pro and he's like sort of becoming washed up a little bit because like you know 27 is old in these sports and then yeah, this your, um, your apm goes way down after 25 right yeah so he's kind of in his like last leg oh, jinx me. <laughs> yeah, don't you, yeah, there, yeah i know right but it's legit like it's like yeah like at a certain point man like obviously there are some people who get like wild but like pro gaming is a young person's thing you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. it is not for us oldies eventually we start hitting the turn-based games <laughs> can't handle that quick shit anymore man <laughs> um so anyway really fun recommend it you just started a play date that's what i've been doing play play date while watch this show <laughs> speaking of turn-based shit i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this back onto the rails yes, and just talk it. about the games i've been playing really really quickly um i played some more live alive i am i think the majority of the way through the japan campaign um, oh, i just finished the japan campaign if you just forget about trying to be stealthy it's actually pretty fun yeah that's what i did it was great (laughs) it sucked when you try to be stealthy it's actually quite fun when you murder everyone um (laughs) yeah i just love the bit where like minor spoiler you go up into the attic and they're like who would think of hiding the storehouse key in the storehouse and then you're in the storehouse that was pretty good (laughs) um i the game still holds up i still stand by every bit of praise that i've given it so far um I'm definitely interested to see where the other sort of four campaigns I've not touched go and also how the whole thing comes together for the for the finale they're clearly setting up for. Um, are you much further into it? I'd yeah, well I've actually gone quite a bit point. further into it. Um, have, have you played the near future one yet? No. Is that the one where um, it's like the boss rush? No. Or is no, that the present day the one? present day one. Is near future the one with the little cube? No, that's the far future. The near future is like telekinesis guy. Um, no, not okay. It is quite bad. I, I actually would say so, that this is the worst one. I would say it's just yikes. well, it, it, it's kind of a nothing. Like it's a lot of like run over here, do that thing, go over there, do that thing, go over there, wait, 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 go over here. And I was like, what the fuck's going on in this one? Like it's just, it's a little weird. I'm not sure what's going on with this one. Like I'm like, what? It it looks like there might be something really neat coming. But anyway, I'm curious. To, I'm, I'm very curious to hear what you think when you get to it, because I'm like, I don't know. It's like, am I just what's happening with this one? It just it feels different than the others. Uh, and I think that's the game as a whole, right? For better and for worse, each campaign is very, very experimental. Um, I'm very much looking forward to the Wild West one. Um, I understand the conceit of that from reviews. That's the one that's coming next for me because I'm playing chronologically. Um, I thought China was a really clever inversion. Uh, prehistory, it had its little quirk but it's basically a pretty standard like miniature um rpg portion i liked that um i am liking japan now that i've treated it as a regular thing yeah um and then i've got present day near future far future and then obviously whatever eighth thing they've got to tie into it um i like it i like it a lot and i like the um the bite-sized portioning of it because i have actually found myself sort of jumping in and out and playing other things in between it and i think that cadence is really suited me and where I'm at when I've come to the game, and I think that's probably true for you as well. Um, I imagine it'd probably be true for you, Power, if when you get to it also. Um, another very, very bite sizey game, and one that's a, a mobile port, uh, is Sayonara Wild Hearts for the PS4. Um, so I happen to pick this up on disc. It's an Annapurna game. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, it's very, very tight mechanically. So these music games often live or die by how well they've tuned their segments. And this is interesting because it's not 
a rhythm game, except it sort of is. It's like a three-lane conceit, but there are also moments where you have to press the button um, to the time of a prompt. And that timing is so well-tuned. I actually find that as long as I know a prompt's coming, I generally don't need to look at the prompt. I know when it's going to hit, and I can hit it pretty consistently accurately, which is important because it's a score-based game. Um, you can experience everything without worrying too much about the score, but uh, getting a gold rank on everything does scratch that like completionist itch. I love that, that game. It's a cool so, game. It, it's great. It's very esoteric. Like the, the the concepts, both crystal clear and clear as mud at the same time. It's a whole thing, um, but I like it. I'm I'm enjoying the trip. I'm just kind of happy to be here. Um, I'm about halfway through. Like I jumped into it for about 45 minutes, an hour the other day. Um, and I'll probably go back and spend a bit more time in a couple of days when we've got a day off and just finish it. Uh, as you gather, that is a PS4 game. I have not played any more Days Gone on the PS4, although that is coming. Uh, what I have played a bit more is Remnant from the Ashes. Mm. Um, I do like it. Yeah. I don't, I don't find it particularly engaging, but I like it. I, I know. This is <laughs> it's such a weird game, man. Like, it is... Yeah. Because, like, when I was playing it, I was like, this game has fucking nothing to it. Why do I like it so much? Like, it's such yeah. a weird game. I don't understand <laughs> it. But I was like, because I, I can't really recommend it to people. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, like, super. I'm like, I can't tell you why, but I love that game. <laughs> I, I think where I fall on it is, like, I have it for free through PS Plus. It was given away a while back. Mm-hmm. I have it for free on Epic. It was given away a while back. I feel like if you have it in your library is well worth checking out yeah because there's something to it there's absolutely something to it um god knows it's not the story the story is pretty loose um i think it might be just some combination of the mechanics i kind of like that it's melee focused but your best damage is done with ranged weapons Mm -hmm. And, and whatever they've done to skew it the way they've skewed it like it comes out great and the weapons in the end feel great like it just did, which range did you go for? I ended up going for middle distance, and I don't like the um, the rifle thing that I've got as my primary, but the repeater pistol it gives you as a secondary fire I like a lot. I, th- ooh, I think I was up close. I think I was shotties, maybe. I wish I'd gone long range. Long range? The, oh, um, was I long range? Shit, I don't remember. Because there's been a lot of opportunities to pop enemies from further away that I kind of am annoyed I am able to exploit. Hmm. Um is what it is i god knows i'm not going to play the game again to find out maybe i'll like play an opening segment or something i don't know but um one thing i do want to say is the saving on this game is not very good like i get that it's it's based around multiplayer but it basically means if you don't finish a dungeon like you kind of lose all your process and it seems that you end up back in ward 13 whenever you quit out and come back in no matter where you are or what you tried to do so something to work around but not something i was particularly enamored by um, the game itself is pretty good, I think. <laughs> I was just saying, it's no, very okay, clearly designed around co-op. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's mm. it's like lobby based, right? Because and also every world is like randomly generated, right? Like or which one you're gonna get and like what items you're gonna get, what story saying. I think it's procedural about. rather than random. Procedural, like there's building blocks it, yeah. and they put them together. Yeah, is what it is. I think I'll I think I'll probably end up finishing it. I'm enjoying it enough that I I think. I'm probably going to bum rush it and like ignore all the story and just clear it. But nee. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that is me. Um, Alex, tell us about what you've been playing. All right. Let me go through this uh, again. Ace attorney, you know, it's happening, but whatever. 
Uh, I did tell Paula I pre-ordered the Ace Attorney uh, statues, and I'm very excited. <laughs> Miles and uh, Phoenix. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, eventually you two will get to see it in my background one day. <laughs> and then I'll show you. <laughs> It'll, it's only releasing in like April of next year, so whatever. But pre-orders close Christ. the end of September. So actually, if you do want these folks, pre-orders close pretty soon. Uh, it's like September 28th, I think. Uh, now, uh, what else am I playing? Um, still playing Cyberpunk 2077. Still fun. I'm gonna. It's gonna be pretty slow. I have a strong feeling this will go on my back burner again, probably because I'm gonna be away from my Xbox in a few weeks. So I don't know why the fuck I started again. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna have time, but maybe I will. We'll see. Who knows? I might end up pounding through it, but I'm about to get extremely busy again. So we'll see. Um, we just we talked about live live and playing more of it. I'm on my fifth chapter now. Um, really enjoying it again. It's it's very fun. Uh, I started Disco Elysium uh, once again because I I had played this on my Xbox Series X. Like I'd started it there, and it's good there. It is good, but it is much better on PC just because it's a fuck ton of reading, right? And like being up close to it makes this a far better experience than on Xbox. Like. And I would really not recommend Switch because I think it, I think it works on Switch, but apparently low times are like, oh. and this is a game that relies on dice rolls. And I mean, for fuck's sakes, you're going to be quick saving and reloading a lot. Like I'm, <laughs> you just you are going to do that. Like, fuck you if you tell me you never reloaded a save because you failed a fucking check in this game. Bullshit is what I say. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh really amazing game like it truly is a fascinating unique game for those who kind of aren't i i can't explain this game properly to be honest it's essentially like <laughs> you're playing a novel big time here you're this cop in this sort of uh, you know, fictional world and you wake up uh you basically can't remember anything and it's one of the few times where i'm okay with amnesia because this guy is like a raging fucking alcoholic and i like kind of buy that he probably has drunk himself into amnesia i'm like i'm like honestly the amount of drugs this motherfucker was doing and like you know booze and everything i like wouldn't be all that surprised and the voice acting in the final cut because again one of the big things when they brought it to consoles is that they did this full voice acting and the voice acting is so good I think they get that voice actor who works with um um what's that name of that is it super giant the one who does Hades is that what they're called the Oh I know the guy you're talking about but I couldn't for the life of me tell you his name. Yeah, I think he voices the narrator in this and my god yeah, this voice is so good and powerful and like the writing is absurdly good. It's kind of Lynchian in a way. Like it's it's very okay. um, Yeah, like at times you 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 ever read something and you're like I'm a fucking idiot. Like it's that kind of shit where you're just like, you're like, whoa, man, this. And like, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel um, pretentiously intelligent or anything. It's just, you do feel like you're like, there's been a lot of care put into this shit. You're like, holy hell, (laughs) you know? Um, And everybody talks so much, um, which can be a lot. I actually do find that I have to take like cognitive breaks from this game because there are times where I'm just like, no, no, I can't can't read another fucking 80 walls of text i can't do it right now you know like i'm like i just need a break um so i have to like take breaks from it and then come back um it's super open-ended there's really no right way to play this like it's definitely not one of those games where it's like 
oh, you got to max out this skill. In fact, like it's, it's very much encouraged. You don't do that. Like you should, you're really meant to kind of pour things into a bunch of different skills and all the skills are way, it's not like your common skill trees, right? Like for me right now, I'm playing, there's like intelligence, psyche, um, physical and, uh, Oh no, what's the, what's the fourth one? Um, I, I can't remember, but anyway, it's like each one has very different, um, uh, hold on. Aha, 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 aha. I got it. I got it. It just took me a second. It was intellect, psyche, physique, and motor, motor, motorix, 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 motorix. I'm going to say motorix. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what I'm gonna say, and it's shit like. I'll say it one more time. In intellect, you get things like rhetoric and logic. <laughs> I'll say it in a second. Um, drama, uh. and psyche. You've got like inland empire, which is a really cool one, where it's like this, like looking inward, esprit de corps, authority, you know, suggestion, and then physique. You've got like endurance, pain threshold, shivers, which shivers are really cool. It's like that moment when you know you feel like you're connected to the universe in a way, like when you get that like that kind of shiver of like oh there's something more profound happening and like those are really cool moments and then motorics are like hand-eye coordination perception uh savoir-faire like just ability to interact with the world and so those are your um the the kind of skills that you can um put points into which will increase skill checks because as you're playing through it's very much classic crpg in the sense that you know you go and you do discussions and you, you have uh, skill checks um for certain actions or certain um, discussions that you're doing there and so you're this detective investigating this uh murder that's happened at, outside of this cafe and uh boy is it fascinating i'm currently an ultra liberal communist so uh that should tell you a little bit about what the game has <laughs> there's literally like markers for like how fascist you are how communist you are how ultra liberal you are how like moralist you are <laughs> this game's amazing <laughs> like i want to go be my little commie self as i run through this town um it just there's nothing like it, you know? Like, there's just nothing like this game. Like, if someone was like, hey, you want to play a game like Disco Elysium? They'd be like, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's just like, there's this, and that's it. Nothing else. Mm. Um, and so I, I definitely recommend it. I'm very excited to be playing it again. And I'm, uh, uh, I'm definitely not going to be stopping this time. I'm going through it. Playing the Shadowrun game was actually my, like, was like the ease in again to this because i was like I got, i'm gonna play the more dumb shooty shooty one first and then i'll come play this one <laughs> see rpg how it goes yeah yeah <laughs> there you go rpg how it goes oh god well there's a title <laughs> option <laughs> <laughs> um, oh dear so yeah have you have either of you tried this one i don't know if i was yeah. really really naughty i bought it for game of the month last year and then literally just didn't so I, I, I'm looking at the icon on my desktop right now, but I haven't started it yet. Now, I'm, I'm going to be laid up for a few weeks in October, as I told you both. So that may well be prime Disco Elysium time. Probably would. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I think this is a game too. Like, Paola, I would recommend at some point, you know, of all the many games we've recommended you play, I would <laughs> recommend trying this at some point because I think as someone who's like, wants to be a game developer, this is a game that I think all game developers should play big time because uh, it's quite fascinating quite unique and um i think it demonstrates a very different way of creating a game um it's just yeah it just it just feels different um and just even, steal on game plus or 
Is it on? I, I, like I don't think it was ever ago. on Game Pass, was it? I don't think it ever was. That's um, my knowledge. No, it's never been on Game Pass, no. Um, but it goes on sale a lot, so I would just wait, wait for a sale. Um, I'll probably do that. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I would wait for a sale, especially because you're not going to get to it anytime soon. It's hard. <laughs> nope, not um, happening. Yeah. Um, oh shit! I had a thought, and then the thought vanished. Game on sale or Game Pass? No, it's gone. Oh well, probably wasn't important. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's uh, that's Disco Elysium. Uh, like I said, highly recommend. Uh, I started playing The Invisible Hours on PC VR. Um, the only reason I stopped, actually, so <laughs> I started this game up. This is from a bundle that I got recently. It's really cool. It's it's a immersive theatrical experience. So the idea with it is, it's like this kind of this murder happens. To, it's uh it's actually like uh, Nikola Tesla and like Edison and stuff is in this. You're going to visit Tesla and uh, uh, I think it's Tesla has been murdered. And so what you do is it's quite simplistic in the sense that there's no like, you're not really interacting. You can like pick up objects and look at objects and stuff. But what you're doing is you can fast forward, rewind, jump through all these areas because you're actually trying to discover what happened. But you do that by exploring all the scenes and like everything that's going on within this building that you can like move around in. Um, and so really all you're doing is just trying to figure out, okay, what happened? And then you, you have like a map and you have like a timeline of all the different events and all the different characters that you can look at. And so like, as you follow characters, you unlock more of their story essentially. And then, you know, those characters will meet someone. So now that you've met that person, you can now follow that person, and rewind time all the way back to like the start, right. And know where they are and you can follow their path. So it's like really interesting in that way. Um, and I'm very intrigued by it. And so far I'm enjoying it. I just stopped because, uh, heat there's a heat wave here right now and i'll be real with you i was playing it and i had my pc set up and i have it set up in like a corner and it's by a window but i have like the blinds down but i was like mm, i don't think my pc likes this right now <laughs> you know i'm like i don't want to fuck with this nope. right i was like i don't want to push my pc too hard in the middle of a heat wave so i'm like i'm just gonna let it rest and uh try some other games until it cools down again like even right now it's quite hot when we're recording this and like my pc's okay but i've noticed that over the last few weeks, while it's been really fucking hot out, that like whenever I'm doing like a bunch of video call it and stuff, my PC is just like a little slower than it usually is. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to let this little fellow rest for a little bit here. Um, Smells like threatening to me. Yeah. Right. Like, it's just like, it's like, okay, let's just, let's reduce it a little bit. Um, but tomorrow's uh, um, supposed to be cold again. So I'm like, you know what? That's the perfect time. Not that I've had really any issues, but you know what I mean? I don't want, I don't want to push it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, don't risk it. I don't want to have fate. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm going to run through some of the others here pretty quickly because I got a bunch of uh, Playdate games. Uh, let's start from the back and go forward. I uh, played one called Art 7. Um, it's just an art gallery and it's neat. It's, it's really cute. You just walk through an art gallery and look at some art from Playdate community. It's, it's cool. Yes. And they have little descriptions of them. Uh, Chestress Mini is really interesting. Um, it's a <laughs> like chess auto chess? battler. Um. Yeah. Wait. What did you say, Paula? Tetris and chess. I don't know for the because of the name. Oh no! Well, no, but kind of. But no, but kind of. <laughs> um, it is. It is sort of like the what the way it works. I guess kind of the way it's like Tetris is that. So you have a board with you know white and black on it, but you're not playing as one of the teams. You're playing as all the teams technically. So you get three pieces slotted in. They could be a mm -hmm. mixture of white, black, whatever. Okay. 
And what it does is that you place those pieces. And then when you place them, it auto battles. And the way it works is that the strongest units go first. And they will take any like kills that they can take. And then it goes all the way down to the pawns. And what you're trying to do is keep the battle going as long as possible. Right? So you want to facilitate it so that the white side never dominates, nor does the black side. And that your 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 um, board doesn't get full because you have to be able to lay down a row of three. But what you can do is, as you're gaining score, you can use the crank to skip a uh, a grouping, and you lose five points when you do that. Um, but in doing so, you can like facilitate more. So uh, it's really neat. It's a it's a fascinating mm-hmm. idea that I find quite challenging, and I'm not good at it yet. But I was like, this is a this is an interesting concept. Um, so yeah, I really like it. Um, the next one is the Conquest of Helios, which is like a Ness strategy game where basically there's like a little island and um, you're just trying to kind of conquer it essentially. And you have options like, you know, you basically can develop um, military strength, morale for your cities, um, research like uh, like you have ducats like money um you have like a research level and like a trade level as well and so you have a bunch of different things that you could do to increase those and, and change those and after every like season you gather taxes that you can then use um to maybe recruit more soldiers increase your presence whatever and then you can trade with other um you know areas of the map and you can enter into treaties with them so that they enter into like two-year non-aggression packs and stuff and then you can send your troops to go fight, but it's an auto battle. Like you're never gonna, you don't get to. It's not no like um, no strategy, uh, turn-based strategy or anything. Um, and basically, you could just you know you send more troops, you win. Is kind of how that works, right? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Although I think there's more to it than that because like there's a hard mode where I'm, I think morale and stuff plays into that as well, but I'm not sure. It's kind of a game where you just like play, like play and learn essentially. Um, I'm enjoying it so far. I've conquered half the map, which is nice. I've got treaties with two others while I'm going to carve out my uh, <laughs> victory against another. So you, I just kind of, you just kind of make strategic treaties as you go along and you can build up your armies. But then, you know, as your, you know, empire gets larger, it's a little harder to keep control of. So there's this kind of like fun game of like, do you just shore up your defenses and get as strong as you can? Or do you move through it? You can have like plagues that hit you and all this stuff. It's really neat. It's, it's, it's quite co- uh, cute and fun um it's like you know strategy light basically <laughs> mm. um and you can save your game in the system settings of uh you can only save like one game at a time but you can do that to like come back later which is nice and uh yeah that's conquest of helios it's a cool little game um one of the best ones i've played is tapeworm disco puzzle which is actually by uh it's by low tech which they released this first on ness i think and they actually released a physical on the NES. so i, I think it was originally a NES game like a new NES game, essentially, right? Um, that came out recently. Um, but they've ported it to the Playdate, and I gotta say, I think it looks way better on the Playdate. <laughs> um, and the way this works is you're this little disco worm. Something is infecting all these clubs around town, and so you have to go through and solve those issues. And it's essentially like a little, like, I don't know how to kind of describe it. So, so your little worm starts at the bottom of the screen, and then you have um, musical notes throughout, and your worm can only move so many spaces before it runs out of links, basically. So you have to get up and get those notes and then go around. 
And then sometimes you'll have little bouncing guys who grab like these little bottles. And so like you could have to go under them and like move them up. And then eventually you get power ups where you could actually extend the um, length of yourself. And then there's this and, th- and like they introduce so many new things every few levels that it constantly feels engaging and interesting. And it like has this really excellent um, curve. The music's wonderful in it. Uh, I think there's a hundred levels. I think I'm about halfway through. Um, superb game. Like it feels like a, uh, a like, you know, big release kind of thing, you know, like it doesn't feel like some little juicy thing. You're like, no, this is like, this is a game. And <laughs> it's a very good game. A game that had it released on like the Game Boy back in the day or some shit would have been huge. You know, like it's really good. Um, although I don't know, puzzle games always have a limited reach, but I, I do really, really like this one. Um, and last, but absolutely not least, Bloom. Um, this game is the first, like, standalone release from, um, I think Playdate, like, published it? I can't remember, but anyway, it's, like, the first one outside of the season, basically. Ten buck game. It is a social sim where you are this young girl, Midori, who's, like, just, uh, like, the, the, the cliff notes, she has left college to open a, a, uh, a flower shop. And so you grow flowers on the top of the apartment, which it's really cute. You have like your room where you can like open your phone and you can like talk, you, you text with people. And that's a big part of the game is like texting with your, uh, with your girlfriend, which is very sweet. It's like, Oh, a little queer game. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and it's set in Japan. Um, and um, so you're like texting with your girlfriend and your friends and your parents and stuff. And so like the story's unfolding that way. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, I thought I saw a fly and then my mic just went flying. Um, sorry, as you were. Yeah. Um, so you um, you basically like you're in that room with your phone. And then when you go down, you can like use the crank to take an elevator to the roof where you're growing your garden. And so like you pay rent to increase the garden and get like more and more space. And then as you grow uh, plants and stuff, um, you'll get more and more money. And then you can get different plants. You can grow them to get more. And uh, it's quite simple, but it's kind of like, it's not like really real time, but um, you do have to like check in later, right? To like have more discussions happening. And the story is really cute. It's quite beautiful looking. Um, it's, a, it's a really wonderful experience. And it actually, I don't know why, but it reminds me of Spiritfarer a little bit in terms of like the feel of how things are. Like it just seems very it just seems very sweet and like it's shaping up to be one of my favorite games i've played in a long time actually because it's just it's simple but like it knows what it's doing you know like it's just like Mm. this is what this game is about here you go great writing um really wonderful characters that i'm already quite invested in and like i love learning more and more about them um and i'm just like i want more like just keep keep bringing it and like i love getting to check in and see how my how my flowers are grown and stuff like it has that you know that like it really distills that small loop of like plant things wait for them to finish growing you go to check oh they've grown harvest 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 buy new stuff plant them wait a little longer talk to people on your phone for a little bit you know set your play date down for a few hours come back later check out what's going on like it's just it's kind of perfect in that sense um so yeah mm. that's blue very much recommended <laughs> um bloom i think was like the the first third party game yes. of any note that was released and it's it's nice that it's landed so well because i think for a trailblazer like that it's always one that you want to go well and want to to have done well 
Well, that's the thing. Like, it's very much like I would say it's another. Um, it's sort of proof of concept in some ways that like standalone playdate sure. games worth it. You know, they're worth it. Hmm. And it was ten bucks. Like, and honestly, f- paying ten bucks for this, I feel like you sort of feels like you got a deal because it's such a great experience. Um, and now I can yeah. see how it, it might be hit or miss for some, but like for me, I'm just it's it's a very it's a very moving game. It's a very uh, very fun game. And there's little things that they add in there. There's a little gotcha machine you can do each day that you come in. There's little things, and then there's like a, there's a little arcade game that's basically asteroids that you can play on your phone, which is cute. <laughs> it's just you know it's there for fun, but it's it's there, so that's nice. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's everything. Whew. I've actually been playing a lot because they've all been small. <laughs> um, why don't we move on to our topic then, which is gamifying politics. So I think this was our resident cockroach who sent in this suggestion a long time ago, actually. Um, and I'm just going to read a little bit first before we jump into this of, of what they uh, commented on, just to give you an idea of where we're going with all of this. Um, so first off, mentions discussing politically charged games or simulators of political situations like games like papers please we the revolution democracy game series democratic socialism simulator etc 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 there are plenty of games that try to gamify the dry aspects of politics and bureaucracy and they often aim to deliver unique ways to experience rather complex parts of our society um so first question is do you have any experience with these kind of games um, which I think is a good way place for us to kind of jump in on this because, um, yeah. Do you have any experience with these kind of games? <laughs> um, yes and no. So, I mean, the, the first sort of most obvious kind of thing is the, what's it called? Is it democracy? Just called straight up democracy where you like simulate running, um, a political campaign. Cool idea. I've watched people play it. I've never directly played it myself. Um, <clears throat> I think when we um, when we first spoke about this, I'd, I'd named a couple of games that tie across through. I think it's it's a tricky one to make a game out of, right? Because to to gamify is almost to say, well, what viewpoints are the most and least advantageous, and that's the route democracy goes down. Because if you, it's almost like inverse sliders. If you increase budget for one thing you lose things for another and support moves around in different ways we'll, we'll get there soon. <laughs> um I'm, I'm sure i'm sure uh <laughs> but the the experiences i've had with like politicized gaming are more tangential so like the one that jarred me the most is one that jumps out at me from the notes that we made when we first spoke about this as a potential topic is hotline miami 2 um because that from a position where it was more an arcade experience there was a story but it was very back burner um hotline mammy 2 comes in pretty hot and heavy um with its sort of vietnam war story and um the commentary it makes on aspects of that um it's very overt in a way that's so jarring generally let alone versus the original um and i think that's always something you're going to butt up against is the the reality that for a lot of people video games are an escapism um, and I think this is where a lot of the a lot of the discourse that comes around this kind of thing comes from. A lot of people don't want to engage with that kind of topic in a game, or they really, really do 
hence games like democracy i suppose that's um, a bit that's different all... though right because like hotline miami 2 like that's not really gamifying politics per se as it's like gamifying or like a political event do you know what i mean like it's like like a little bit different like in sense that like i think some of the games we're talking about here like we talk about democracy and stuff or even like death of taxes are gamifying actual like bureaucratic elements of politics or like the actual um deployment of politics in a sense you know um, and I think that's where there's probably yeah. a shortfall in what I've played. And I suppose that's probably what I'm trying to articulate. Mm-hmm. Um, games where you're directly interfacing with it, I don't really um, have any real knowledge of. I mean, even the ones that run closest to um, Death and Taxes, I haven't played, but I know a little bit about. Um, not tonight. It's more, I think, the bureaucracy of it. I think that's a really perfect way to describe that. Because Not Tonight's, again, very, very overtly political even with the bureaucracy side uh, similar to something like papers please but you don't necessarily gamify those um viewpoints or decisions it's just that's the the framing within the game within yeah. which the game is set because i would yeah. argue similarly like disco elysium is a game that has is very political but i wouldn't say is necessarily gamifying politics um in a sense you know like maybe gamifying a <laughs> copism copism and whatnot but like you know in that separate sense whereas yeah like you say i think of papers please is very much gamifying the idea of politics or even suzerain which is like it, it like gamifies the I idea of running one, yeah. a soviet <laughs> you know mm-hmm. country essentially right so like there is that kind of the, the one that interests me the most is chivalry that series because that's the most beautiful blend of politics and history and i think that's a fascinating window which also takes some is that of the chivalry or is that crusader uh, kings Crusader Kings, rather, Crusader yes. Kings, yes. It, yeah. And it, it takes a lot of the, um, maybe the very sort of present, real, like, personal part of that away because it's, you know, people that are dead now, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. It's maybe an easier way to engage with that. Um, it's one that looks very obtuse, but it's one that I would like to get to at some point. Yeah, it's a Paradox Interactive game. There's about um, 12 parts that are 20 minutes long each of a beginner's tips <laughs> that I've been yep. watching to get ready. Sorry, Paula, I, I saw you were getting ready. Yeah, what about you? What's your experience? Well, I haven't played as many games where the politics themselves are like gamified. Rather, I've played a lot of games where the overall like setting of the game is like very politically charged or there's like something political like going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I played Papers, please, for like a couple of hours. And yes, I have to agree, this game uh, very like emphasize, like, especially like the bureaucracy part, if I remember correctly. Well, other games like Reigns have you in the position of a monarch and you have to like manage like different aspects of society, or if you do. But if you, like, in that case, if people are not happy with you, you're pretty much dead. So there's not, like, something like a discussion going on there. It's like, are you do your job or you're fucked? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> in Papers, Please, you have more situations where it's like, oh, but uh, this person has to go through because, I don't know, they have, have a family sick or it is, like, something their life depends upon versus... Well, you're probably gonna lose your job, but like your family's gonna suffer because, well, you're letting in someone without the legal papers. 
and then you're gonna pay the price for it and there's more of a conversation of which is like legally right or versus what is morally right mm. or like even like what morally right is is it something like is it definitely like your own family or like is it providing food for your own family or is it like helping a complete stranger like morally good um on the other side of the coin i'm on the less gamifying i'm more like this is centered around a political thing um i think i talk about this um in a couple of uh instances like previously in the podcast but Basta Fellows does a very interesting job by portraying uh, like uh, politics around immigrants and like how and like though they center more around the social aspect of uh, immigrants rather than the politics side, but they do touch upon like the politics side of it. And the other one is uh, Olympia Sare, which I've said. These games have everything wrong that society can, like, everything wrong in the ways... Oh my god, I can't speak today. <laughs> that was the whole colour thing, right? Where they had, wrong. like, the different caste systems. Yeah, they have the yeah. different caste systems, and it is very, like, um, depending on where you're born, it's, like, what you're destined to, to do with your life, or, like, where you're even allowed into. Or like depending on uh pretty much your genes is like what uh you're even allowed to aspire into this society. And in the other hand, it's like, oh, you have these three uh colors that are the primary colors uh, societies that are like the ones that manage everything in the island. And between them, like some like choose their successor based on uh what's the word for it? On like how on like merits and stuff and others are just based on if oh on bloodlines and there's like very different sides of, or like very different political systems, like between the the different cast of the of the thing, of the game, and when you mix it up together, you you get like this, um, almost like a a, a pressure pot that is about to explode because of how people are not really happy on how everything is being managed. So in that case, it was like, hey, that looks like Taylor because everything was going wrong for a while here. Mm. And in that case, like, it, it serves us to see the political problems without like painting it like with the, I'm going to say, with the political colors of real life. Instead, mm. you get like similar parties, I'm going to say, or like similar situations. But in a more in a fictional world, and in that uh, case, you're like more open to different ideas. I feel, or like you're more open to see the different viewpoints because it's like it's not real world. It's not how um, it's, I'm gonna say. It's not how other people that I know think. It's like how 
people in this world think and feel about what is going on. And in that case, I'm probably like, like more open to see like the different sides of it. I don't know if I'm being clear about it. Yeah, well, I think what you're touching on is kind of, I mean, the, the, one of our next questions here is like, what do you think are the benefits of this subgenre? And I think, I think that in particular, um, and so you, you're kind of talking about a little bit of this idea of like the, the empathizing with or like, you know, getting to see yeah. a different side of things, which I think is probably the strength of kind of political games wherein they can they can show you the complexity of issues that you might have seen. Like I think of Papers, Please in particular, I think that was a little mm. eye opening for a lot of people because for many of us, and I'm going to say this too, like <laughs> we've all been youthful. And I think youths are extremely important in their challenging of contemporary ideas, right? Um, but there's also a truth where sometimes um, concepts can be idealistic. And I also don't think that it's fair to say that because somebody's idealistic, their ideas aren't important or valid, right? Because I think we sometimes, uh, I don't know, I've personally seen way too many people be like, oh, young kids, they don't know anything about the real world. And I was like, well, you might not know anything about the real world, you fucking idiot. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> it's like, how do you fucking know you know what the world is? Like, shut up. You know what I mean? And it's like, but at the same time, I think there is, uh, it is important to also be able to recognize the complexity of, of the world and of situations like this. And um, in, in some ways, games like this can actually, I think, be a little bit enlightening towards your own situation where it's like, oh, okay, so hold on. They're facing these problems. Am I facing those right now? Oh, no, I'm not. Okay, what can that tell me about my world? What can that, can, can I use this in some way, right? Um, and I think can also bring some... Um, can just can help you bring some empathy for the situations that individuals get stuck in when they're in oppressive systems, right? Because um, when you think about like that character within it has to make some pretty horrific decisions, but it's like, okay, are they the ones making those decisions or are they being forced to by the system that they're under, right? Um, and what is the difference? Do you opt out of that, but you have people you rely on? Like it just, it makes you, it, it, it really does. And I know it's <laughs> sort of like a silly thing to say like, what oh, makes you think, but it does in a good way, right? Because I think it makes you think and reflect. Because I think art that just makes you like, oh, isn't that crazy? Is fucking asinine. I don't. It's, I'm glad it, it can exist. Who cares? All art's great. But um, I find for me the art that really gets me is art that makes me not only think but reflect and like really examine what's going on, right? And so I think Papers hmm. Please is definitely one of those games where it it doesn't just it's not just saying like, hey, isn't this hard? That's crazy, right? It's like, no, this is hard. Why is it hard? Well, you've been playing. You know why it's difficult. What's going on? What decisions are you making? Hey, look, you're dead. Uh-oh, right? Like, how do you get better at this? And so, and but actually, <laughs> I think this bleeds into the, the next question on here. And we can, I think we should do both of these questions at the same time. Um, what are the benefits of the subject? And do you think there are any risks uh, in portraying serious themes like this in a video game form? Because I think this is actually where there could be an issue. Because what this can do, it, like you're literally gamifying politics, which I already think is a bit of an issue first and foremost, where I think we kind of all, a lot of us, I think, view politics a bit like a game, right? Like there is this this feeling, like think of House of Cards or like think of like a lot of media that we view that kind of use- Electoral systems generally are a winner mm -hmm. and a loser type situation. Yeah, Exactly. It's a win or lose thing, right? Where at least personally, politics to me is not, um, like, I don't know. There's there's this, I wouldn't say a consensus, but I, I would say that there is, an, I, there is a conception that in politics, there is a right and a wrong choice, right? Like there's the, there's the correct way to do something and then there's the wrong way to do something. 
Whereas I think realistically, politics is more of a uh, a grasping attempt at getting the best possible solution out of a myriad of good to horrific options, right? There's no one correct thing. It's like, especially in democracies, for fuck's sakes, <laughs> you're just trying to get the thing that the most friggin' people are cool with, you know? <laughs> and that hopefully isn't going to ruin your, your friggin' world. Um, and so the issue, I think, with game with gamifying politics is that it can kind of create the mindset that like no no there's a you can win this there's an optimal solution right and yeah what what my mind immediately jumped back to is we've had a conversation about um narratives in games where when you have branching path you almost want to get the perfect answer and i think whether there's maybe a disparity between expectation and reality when you marry those two. And I think that's probably what you're getting at there. Yes. Yeah. In a lot of ways, because what I worry is a little bit that like you could play a game that, you know, and and then you think, Oh, well the way you get better is just by, you just get better at learning how to manipulate this system, which in turn (laughs) can Mm -hmm. lead, I think to conceptions of manipulation within a political system, which obviously occurs already anyway. Um, Mm. So I don't know. Is that a, is that a byproduct of, gamifying this or is that just a byproduct of our political systems today right like to me i feel like it's or is it just a byproduct of humans and humans interacting yeah exactly right it's like i don't know but at the same uh in the same token i do think it's a thing that i i would hope developers who are gamifying politics really like sit and think about this and like try and you know mitigate um, the optimizing of a solution, which is actually one like the life and suffering of uh, Sir Brandt, the one that uh, that I played there, which I would say very much gamifies politics because you're gamifying politics in many different forms because it, it shows you that you could be because you're going through a revolution at the end of it. And I would say uh, a historically quite accurate portrayal of a revolution. Um, that is a game wherein there is, I guess, kind of optimal solutions, but there are so many solutions and there are so many paths that can be taken that it felt a little bit to me like I was like, this is actually like a pretty good example of like um, of, of, of a life lived politically. But even that one, when I think back on it, there is issue because you want to rewind sometimes because you're like, I did the right thing. And it's like, mm. politics is less about, you can't go back, right? You got you to deal with what you got, you know? And um, I don't know how you do that in a game because you can't stop the player from wanting to get the optimal solution. The player wants that. I only have so much time. I want to get the best thing so I feel good, you know? <laughs> You've jogged my memory, Alex. There is a, a politically charged game that we have all played very, very recently uh, by the name of Aviary Attorney. Um... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it plays yeah. fast and loose, let's be real. Justice but... yeah. Line. yeah, yeah. You you are in essence making political decisions in oh, yeah. that in that your actions affect the outcome of this quasi fictional revolution. You're playing in the judiciary branch, which I would argue is a political branch for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean it's supposed to be church and state, but the implications are unavoidable. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, like, even the greatest attorney actually plays with a lot of this stuff. But again, that's more narrative, right? Which, which, you know, I, I still think it's gamifying, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's and I, I suppose that then then comes on to a different question entirely, which is what is the best approach to addressing politics within gaming? Is it the democracy approach? Is it giving your player all of the choice and letting them have that, that setup? Is it the stock narrative? We just want to make you walk a while in this person's shoes and see issues from this perspective. Is it somewhere in the middle? 
or is there no right answer and they're all different, differently flawed ways of doing it? I think there's different ways of doing it, but it, it, it really depends on how or what political message you're trying to give in a way. Hmm. Because, for example, I feel like the approach for FASTA fellows, when they talk about like the immigrants, the issues on what was on this uh, fictional city, I feel like the approach of having Delta, the protagonist, like being a, a, a reporter and having her talk to different people that were themselves immigrants and some of them even illegal immigrants was a like nice way like to see different points of view without necessarily but it was like more um like the game guiding you by the hand in a way like you didn't get to make the choice of oh i'm gonna talk to them or i'm not gonna talk to them or i'm gonna talk to this other person it you kind of make that choice but choosing a route and that impacts what side of the discussion you see mm -hmm. but at the same time you have these like very introductory uh, chapter to to the topic that you'll see regardless of what route you pick and in that case i feel like given that uh, visual novels, especially like the ones with multiple routes, are well meant to be replayed and like the uh, anyways like many times it kind of fits. Though there's the caveat that not everyone is gonna see all the routes, so not everyone is gonna see like all the sides. So in the end, you have like let's say like three sides of the argument, but they're like kind of like sprinkled across the five routes. So you see, like, a little bit of one side and more of the other side, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Papers, Please, you kind of, like, see, since it's more like a very moment-to-moment um, -moment gameplay, well, your, your actions are, like, right there. Your actions are, like, right there, and what you get is, like, right there as you, as you play it. And I also think... You know, you're describing kind of the passive versus the active, which I think ultimately I would say the active games are far more, I, I would probably imagine effective and also probably more dangerous in the, in their um, portrayal of politics. Because like in something like what you're describing, the best spells, and I, I, I can even think of other games that have like political messaging within them. When it's something like, you, you know, that you stumble across or it's like, you know, NPCs you interact with or whatever. It's, it's, it's fine, I guess, right? Like you're like, okay kind of like like i think of fallout new vegas for instance right like in fallout new vegas you have political factions and you have political ideas going on but like i don't know is it that effective i don't think so like i think it's interesting storytelling and it's great but like at the end of the day i'm like i don't think i'm actually have learned a lot of political lessons from this game. <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> like you know like and people love it and I, I love it too like it's great it has like interesting ideas but ultimately like it's 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 a little limited by its mo means of interaction, right? Um, and yeah. and by its means of presentation, like the the, the amount of story, <laughs> you can only do so many sit and talk to the guys things, right? And, and get like feelings of politics through it, you know? Like they can't actually influence you all that much because like, in Fallout New Vegas, you can pretend that the Legion has control of all of the friggin' 
you know, like a big horse in the wastelands, but you're just going to come on in with your motherfucking nukes and blow them up if you want. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're a god in that world, right? So like, it, it's only so effective. Whereas I think something, and you know, actually I, I was watching the trailer for Victoria 3 recently. And this got me thinking a little bit on this because I was like, this seems really fucked up. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, because do you know the Victoria games at all? I've got zero concepts. I was going to say, you've got to tell me a little bit more. Paradox Interactive game. Um, And the idea behind it is you are, it's it's a grand strategy game in the Victorian era. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, this is the title, right? Balance the competing interests in your society and earn your place in the sun in Victoria 3. Um, it's, it's a colonizing game, right? Like, okay. that's what it is. Which, but then, like, is that neutral? Is that positive? Is that negative? Is it just is? Personally, it feels really gross. Now, it's a game, so whatever. <laughs> Maybe because it's so old, who cares? Um, personally, I feel a little, like, it makes me very uncomfortable. And, like, I'm trying to figure out why. But, like, and I, and I think because it's gamifying something that's so... But, again, it could be really valuable, right? This is the thing that you don't know, right? Because, now, I'm, I'm going to lean on the idea that it's going to be on the good side of things and quite valuable because it's paradox. And I think they're quite um, sensitive to historical... Uh, concepts and they're very good with what they do and i'm sure that they're not going to lean away from the horrors of what this actually is right so it could actually be a good lesson for people but again the danger is that you're gamifying some uh, pretty fucked up times in history right yeah. um which in general is also i wouldn't say is just the problem with this game that's kind of the problem with most of these political games right it's like okay well we're going to gamify um some fucking bad shit you know um which does bring with it a lot of ethical questions as someone who is i think all three of us are very biased the realm of video games and i also think they're really wonderful mediums and what i hope more so is that games like this instead promote interest in their time periods and maybe promote further learning right like that's that's my like deepest hope my scariest hope is that just you know fucking horrible individuals go and play it anyway but at the end of the day i go well if they're horrible anyway i don't know what to do <laughs> you know? yeah and it, it's not like by making it you're endorsing it it's not like victoria 3 colon colonizing's cool yeah like it, it's that's exactly. not the way it is no like, exactly. you know the same as media like film or books uh, coverage isn't complicity yeah because it, it basically it's yeah. uh and this is the first one since 2010 i think um though I'm, oh, wow, sure, okay. I'm sure they've released trillions of fucking expansion it's a it's a grand strategy pc game man like and if they haven't the modders sure as hell have yeah 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 so uh i highly anticipated um but like it basically follows you start in 1836 and you go i think until like 1936 basically so uh okay yeah you know you you see what i mean like it's it's an interesting time period (laughs) it's a lot of imperialism (laughs) um Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know i mean i don't know like again why does it feel less shitty that Crusaders Kings does it? Is it because it's even further back in time? You know what I mean? You're like, well, who cares? It's way back in the day. I don't really give a shit. Um, but like, then maybe as you creep closer and closer to the present day, it is partially why, you know, this, I think this also comes into the question of military shooting and stuff too, right? Like it, it's all wrapped up into that weird, that, that feeling you get, you know, where you're like, something doesn't feel right. 
Um, but again, it, it takes time to interrogate that. But um, anyway, that that's part of where, where I see like the risks of all this, where it's like, okay, I, I appreciate these games being made that allow you to experience the types of decisions that are being required. I slightly worry that it might make people think, oh, well, it's just so hard. So, you know, we can't, you know, like I sometimes see a lot of, you know, spoiler, history teacher here. I sometimes see a lot of people do kind of historical revisionism where they say like, well, we can't judge the past. And I was like, hmm. Yes, you can. It's like, what are you talking about? In fact, you can easily judge the past. They're not here to, to talk about it. So I'm like, it's fine. You can do that. Like, um, what I actually am a little more worried about is just rejecting the past, right? Like just entirely, um, you know, deciding that the past is irrelevant or that like, well, you know, what they did back then, it's like, uh, like, I, or, okay, let me, let me, sorry. Give me one second here. This is a bit of a tangent, but an important one. Sometimes, and maybe you could talk about this when you've, when you've been in history classes. Often history classes are taught, like, this thing happened, then this thing happened, then this thing happened, then this thing happened, right? Like, it's very sequential, right? Boom, 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 boom. It's inevitable in a way, right? Because it occurred. There's no, you know, there's no dalliance. Um, but there's a big realm of historical thinking, and maybe this is where video games can actually be useful. Um, and saying that, no, every event that has occurred was a decision, right? And that decision eliminated many other decisions that could have occurred, possible futures, right? It's kind of this, it's this concept of futures thinking. And so talking about history um, as a fixed, finite thing that occurred um, often eliminates the agency and eliminates the culpability and ethics of things that have occurred in the past, right? So saying that this thing happened and then this happened, well, you know, they had to make that tough choice. And it's like, yes, okay, but what were the other choices? What were the other decisions that could have happened? Why didn't they happen? And why were we left with this? Which I think can open up and actually humanize history a little bit. Um, and is something that I would actually hope games like this could maybe help a little bit, where they can demonstrate that there is actually multiple paths forward in all these events. Um, because that also can unlock the reality that our world right now has multiple paths that we can take into our future, right? We're not on some like streamlined path forward. Anyway, end of rant. <laughs> Sounds like you're describing every Paradox game ever, to be fair. Yeah, I think they're great. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, too bad they're, I mean, I guess because they're so good, they're so complex. So it's, it's you know, you win some, you lose some, right? Like, if you want to make a game really accessible, it's going to dumb down shit, right? Um, and then you're going to get stuck into probably a less less good area there. So, I don't know. Yeah. I heard Flappy Bird's great. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's when you bounce off. <laughs> Complete know. other end of the bar chart. Part of why I wanted to talk about this is just because, like, Paola, like, you know, Chile's going through something pretty wild right now so like by the time people listen yep. to this it'll be all decided but i don't know if you want to share a bit of <laughs> yeah right now we are like right now we're still we're currently going through voting because um there's a possible possible new constitution on on the ringer and we are currently deciding if we want to change the constitution have the new one or keep the old one and maybe like do some modifications there. It's a pretty but dope new constitution too. <laughs> it is yeah, it is a very good 
and he goes to Trisha, oh no, I'm coloring myself, fuck. And You what? <laughs> no, um never mind. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> um but yeah, that's part and... of what yeah, keep going, sorry. Yeah, but this part of why Alex proposed the topic, which, by the way, I wonder if um, some years from now there will be some game which has a similar uh, <laughs> premise to what is going on in Chile and just explore the different, like, possibilities that were being, like, shuffled in the background. Because we didn't get here by... Um, by just running in a straight line. No, we've been all over the place here. Well, that's like one of the questions was, are there real world things you wish would be adapted this way? Yeah, constitution creator. Honestly, I'd be fucking down. Like a fucking game where you have to make a constitution for a country. Like, be kind of dope. Because like, there's As a, a sport lot that goes type into thing. That. See what the hell happens afterwards. Right. <laughs> mm. create it find out what yeah. happens after try to massage see what, i don't know i think that'd be neat. <laughs> yeah because um especially with these really politically charged um um what's the word ambient that we have now environment that we have now mm-hmm. it is very difficult like to take the discussion discussion with anyone and just like try to have a civilized uh, conversation about the topic because everyone like has is already like that said on what they want mm-hmm. and there are like many people that aren't like really open to hear what the other side is like yeah. because and it really happens like on everything so like having a game that brings the, the conversation to the table and Maybe where you can explore freely both sides without really being judged. Because that's a, a big thing. People don't like being judged and people really like to be on the side that quote-unquote wins or like in the majority. But when you have a video game or a piece of media really that lets you explore freely, I feel that it is a better place like to to just experiment and try to um really get to know the different options and like the different context of each option so but there's the danger that or like the risk that is just trying that may that maybe if you want to do let's say you want to do something that is not biased well fuck that everyone is biased you're gonna end up like leaning to one side of the other either you want it or not and there's also the danger Even of... No, we need to not. Yeah, and there's also the danger of... Because realistically, like, I'll be, I'll be real with you here. <laughs> Sometimes we hear this thing of, like, oh, all sides have to be heard. Not true, um, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, like, there are sides that don't need to be heard. I'm like, killing kids? I don't want to hear about your opinions on that. You no, know what I mean? I like, it's like, like yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, there are things... You think about it. Yeah, I know, yeah, right? Devil's advocate again. <laughs> the guy with, like, a guy with a fedora just appeared. He's like, well, yeah. actually... <laughs> You're like, ah! Imagine all the CO2 that we'd stop pumping it. No, I know, right? But see, this is the thing where it's like, it is weird. And actually, that's something where I think Disco Elysium... But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But, um, you know, actually, Paula, as you were talking, I, I, something that probably hit too, I think something we're also hitting on here is like slightly the difference between games and simulations, right? Because I think hmm. the, they exist in like this really like 
Venn diagram of uh, connections, yeah. right? Where some of these grand strategy games are like games, but arguably, I'm like, arguably they're just manual simulators, you know? <laughs> Where like, um, instead yeah. of just clicking a button and letting a simulation run, you're kind of like, like, you're just facilitating it in a lot of ways because of how complex and detailed they are. Um, where obviously they are still games, there is like a win state um, for, for most of these, but that win state is just so far off and so different um, <laughs> depending on the type of game you're playing that it's like, is there really, like, I don't know, you think of games like Crusaders Kings 3, which I, I you know, some games can last like so many hours, right? Um, and then ultimately you might still just end up losing, but did you? You mean you simulated a, a dynasty, right? So I don't know. Anyway, tangent. <laughs> Um, maybe to wrap this up, um, I think we've kind of hit on everything. The last question in here, are, are, are there real world things that you wish would be adapted this way? And then has a game ever helped you understand an element of the government better? I think we've kind of hit on some of those a little bit. Um, I think for sure there are many games that have helped me, uh, understand the complexities of governmental <laughs> decisions for sure. Um, especially when you play games where it's like, um, I think of some sim games, like survival type games where you're trying to like. Uh, keep a group alive and then you're like oh they're dead organ trail actually pops into my head <laughs> as a funny game you talk about a game that yeah. like covers a particular <laughs> historical time absolutely right and then you're like oh yeah oh i would have died back then okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably which i know seems funny but like also those kind of choice games do kind of make you realize that like oh like these decisions have consequences and i have to kind of become okay with like siphoning off things um in other areas but anyway i'm well i would like to hear from each of you because we've talked a bit about the constitution thing but are there any real world things if you had to just you know imagine through here um that you would like to see adapted as like a political game i would really really like um like a, a bite-sized version of democracy focused around referendums i think that'd be a really cool way of doing it because i um not going to particularly go into arguments or sides but obviously brexit has been a big touchstone in this country past six seven years um a journalist over here called tim chipman who did a really really in-depth um book with lots and lots of sources talking about the way those campaigns are run um Mm. seven eight hundred page book flew by it's so fascinating all the the focus grouping and the a b testing and the various sort of putting different politicians to go and talk about different talking points in different places. I, there's like a, a clicker game or like an idle management sim sort of thing, just waiting to be done for that kind of thing. It doesn't even need to have to be serious necessarily. Like should Jaffa cakes be cakes or biscuits, but like the actual process of making that argument and convincing a group of people one way or another, um, even without having an overtly political message, I think informing about the political process in that way, I think that'd be such an interesting um, setup for a game. Mm. And I suppose it kind of ties into what Paolo was talking about in terms of the referendum um, for the constitution. Because, you know, with more money, more budget, maybe you could like have different options for it that had specific talking points and paths, or maybe you could just have it as like a, um, like a really base sort of strategy game type thing. But Hmm. But when you put the questions to me, that's the first thing that pops into my head. I like it. Yeah. The first thing that immediately came to my mind, and this is one, this is actually one where I think of like 
I don't think we could see this for maybe another like 50 years or so. Um, but I think a game that like properly explores the troubles would be really interesting. Um, I was in Northern Ireland. Yeah, Northern Ireland. Yeah. yeah. I just think like the IRA all through that and like that kind of world. And again, the, the danger with this, because I know there has been some, like I think there was one that had like a level in it where you helped like the Republicans because it's, it's difficult because that violence was horrible, right? Like that just like tore. It was and continues to be. Exactly. That is by no means over. Right, exactly. Uh, there is a card game, I think, that does this. Um, but for me, what I think would actually be... Because like what I would love to see in something on this is like more in that like the minutia and exploring the like something like Papers Please involved with like something like this involved mm. with, with the troubles. Do you know what I mean? Like something that helps you I do. recognize like the lived experience of that of that time, right? Whether that be like something as simple as like a simulator of like you're trying to live out your like your day, or like even if it's like a, a living simulator, right? Where it's like you're just a person living in Northern Ireland, and you can you know maybe you can be Protestant Catholic, whatever kind of deal, and then watching as like the ways that you go through and try to live as this is happening and like what occurs with it. I just think that would be a really fascinating and like a very um, a great way to learn more about what happened because I realize, obviously, um, I would assume. <laughs> in the greater British Isles in general, that this is an event that is very well known for people, younger folks as well, I would hope. You'd be surprised yeah. on this on this side. So, like, yeah. I'm mainland yeah. UK. Um, not unless you've, like, kind of had a very thorough history teacher or unless you've taken, like, an elective in higher education. Um, so, I mean, I would consider myself knowing more than most, and I don't know that much at all. Okay. Um, it's the kind of thing that if you didn't sort of become um, politically aware pre-2000s, the Good Friday Agreement erases a lot of that. Like, a lot of it was swept right. from the carpet. It's almost like out of sight, out of mind. Um, yeah. The impression I get is that if you're in Ireland or on the island of Ireland, it is part of your daily reality still. Yeah. Um, particularly because for fear of getting too far into, like, the minutiae of um like a tiny island's politics on a video game podcast there is still very much mm -hmm. a divide between um protestants and catholics unionists and, and republicans and that didn't go away just because some people stopped fighting that that is very much still a part of their daily life well, and that wedge has only been driven <laughs> wider of course exactly so um and I, I suppose when you say you couldn't do it for another 50 years there's so much context you would need to bake into a game to even scratch the surface of that particular um situation and see and maybe this... I, I think finding the budget to make that game viable would be an impossible task let alone the coding or the anything else of it exactly and see this is what i mean though when i talk to you about right how like it does make me wonder because my feelings of like being so worried about a game about the troubles which is partially because like you know i've family i have family in ireland and stuff so it's like like the real reality is that like not in northern ireland though we are, we're from southern ireland so like we were okay. all my family <laughs> this is sort of funny actually so like my family would like I've, I've got to visit it's awesome but i haven't got to actually go visit where my family's from um but my my parents and like my extended family have because my uncle's like a dual citizen and all that and uh, i remember them talking to this like old lady in this fucking shop down there and they're like oh yeah we're done and she was like 
at this moment and start telling them <laughs> stories about the fucking revolution and stuff. It was like, those guys, man, I don't know. I was like, yeah, that sounds like my family. <laughs> Bunch of bruisers back in the day. I'm the nerd. <laughs> but anyway, it's like that personal connection, right? And you're like, okay, so I get worried about it because there's such a personal human connection to it. And then you're like, should I feel that way about all of these sort of games? And I don't know. It's an interesting question. It's a thought experiment kind of thing right um but you're right like it's something that i wish i, I could see um something get made out of because i just think it would be fascinating because i guess the larger point i was coming back to is that here unless you're have irish ancestry no one has a single fucking clue what you're talking about when you say the troubles not even I, and how on earth could they no one's got the time or the inclination to retain all the information of all right. the history of all the people in the world it's just not realistic exactly now unless they grew up and were adults in like you know um the, the 80s and and or you know 80s and 90s and stuff that yeah they sure know when the fighting was ongoing and it was in the right. news yeah of course but of course. even then they'll be like oh kind of but like i remember my partner she was like what is the troubles and i was like oh okay let me tell you like it was just like it, it, it's it's but see i i'm also someone who's like like you mentioned like I, I don't really you know hold it against individuals when they don't know about a historical event because it's like you know maybe you just you got other shit in your life um, but I get really excited when people are interested in learning about historical events. And it's mm. like, at this point, I'm like, and I think lately too, Northern Ireland's had uh, quite a bit of success with some uh, recent um, shows and, and films. And I know Dairy Goes has been huge over here, actually. And <laughs> got quite big here too. Um, and when they so, hit Netflix, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of this interest, right? And so I'm just like, man, it's a good time to like help teach people. And like, I don't know. Anyway. That, that's me that's a leap dairy girls to the troubles is that how we're finishing this segment <laughs> yeah, off there you go, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right I'm, I'm, we're done we're done it's time for but wait paula has to give her answer <laughs> oh. <laughs> my knee like a little dungeon yeah. um my sister is screaming because like they're we are starting to count the votes Oh, 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 you're starting to count the votes. Yeah, to count the votes. Uh, this is real-time politics. Count how... your ears at least one week later. Ta-da! Oh. <laughs> well. So, now anxiety just picked. Uh, that aside, I'm trying to think, like, what kind of, like, political kind of game that I would like. And first of all, anything about around this constitution. And second of all, anything Japan-related that isn't Meiji. Because Meiji has been done to death in video games and media. <laughs> like, yeah, it has, it has been done way too many times. I want to see anything other than Meiji, and I want to see, like, more, another, like, in-depth look into any of the other um, periods of time in Japan. And that is my very short answer. Hmm. Nice. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we went all over the place, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, okay. Geographically well, as well as, like, topically. Yeah, geographically and topically. Nice, <laughs> yeah. that's good. Uh, there's another one I'm going to write down. Geographically and topically everywhere. <laughs> um, okay. That kind of sounds filthy, but as well as being very, very accurate. I don't know why. Kind of why topically everywhere. Like, it sounds medically dirty. It does. You <laughs> say you're... Take your mind out of the gutter, sir. Oh, Thank never. you very much. Absolutely never. Good, sir, Rick. You want to you wanna lead us in again? Go on. Okay, it's time for... How long to beat the game? Specifically, the deciding round of the third round 
of the new format, baby. <laughs> yeah, so, so the score is 12, 9, set, oh, 12, Alex, 9, Paola, 7, Rick. And I think it's Paola's turn to pick, right? Certainly is. It's not mathematically impossible, but it is very improbable. I have to I get one point, round. basically. You have um, to get a point. Yes, yes, I have to get a point. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Alex played this one like quite recently, so better not. Whoa! What was it? I want to know. Like, just what was it? It was new Pokemon Snap. Do you want to do that one? Oh. If Freak doesn't mind. No, that's if a boring already, one. It's actually. your call. If you want to reroll, you reroll. Yeah, you reroll. I'll, I'll be honest. That one's kind of a boring one. I think I could. I guarantee I could get points on that one. <laughs> so you might want to reroll. Okay. <laughs> let me reroll a couple of times. But if and I see lose, if there's like something interesting here, let it be known. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. No, 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 no. After the debacle we had with World's End Club, <laughs> you cannot give it the if I lose. Oh, did we? Did we even? While well, she's picking one, we should fill that in. So, like when we were doing the World's End Club, it was really neat because uh, we found out that there are like two entries for it. Now, to be fair, the one that we got was the only one that had like multiple. Um, what the heck? It was Sorry. it was slightly controversial because there were. Oh, there we go. Right, there's no the in it. <laughs> I was looking up World's End Club right now. And I couldn't find it. I was like, "What's going on?" But I typed in the, and that's why. Um, but now there's only one entry. So, and the entry now, I should say, has the scores from the one that we did. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm still better. I Let know. it be known. I'm still better. Lisa, <laughs> you're not going to believe what just rolled. What? It wasn't World's End Club, was it? No. Uh, it's actually a game that I'm playing. Oh. Pure Fury oh, Faded really? Memories. <laughs> Go like, on, then. It's definitely Pure Fury. I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think I have to look up much for this one. Um, so I guess the question is, is it 300 hours to complete? or? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You so, haven't opened like any pages on the game. On this game, no. Mm, oh, oh yeah. I'm Actually, okay. Wait, no, not yet. Because I was about to Google the Wikipedia. So, um, yeah. What do you, What do you, What's the thing you gonna be? Uh oh, I'm gonna. Okay. Yeah, you need to pick let, let me go. Let me uh, Google it real quick, because let's say when was the game originally uh, released on the Vita? Oh, on the Vita. Now, is this, okay. is this Japan or is this was Japan. it actually, was it released outside of Japan? Actually, I guess, oh, okay. well, it was not released outside of Japan. It it was the Vita version was out uh, Japan only. It was Japan okay. Only. Oh, okay. Is that the first release? Or, oh, God. Okay, I have many questions now. All right. Okay, yeah. but the Vita, the Vita gives us a reasonable window. Yeah, it does. Yeah, let, I'm currently, like, Googling it because I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. I think I have to dig deep for this one because it is in the official website. Uh... Okay. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, what were you doing when this came out, Paula? Tell us about your time at release date of this game. <laughs> what was Paula's <laughs> life like at this point? Was it snowing outside? Were you on holiday? <laughs> Actually, um, it might have been snowing outside. Let me check real quick. <laughs> uh, where is the okay. thing? 
Actually, it wasn't snowing outside. It wasn't that year. Do you want a date, month, and year, Paola? How accurate do you want us to be with a release date? Day, month, and year. Day, month, year. Okay. 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 Fuck it, Manorin. So I guess the question is, was this a spring, fall, summer? And more specifically, what year I've said spring, summer, fall? Yeah. Was it? And more specifically beyond that, what month and date was it of that particular season of that particular year? Because that's how dates work. Totally not trying to throw you off your game. God damn it. Of course not. <laughs> I would never resort to such underhanded tactics. I'm gonna no, do, sir. I'm going to do two half hour times now just, just for that. <laughs> <laughs> you just two, though. One of them will be normal. <laughs> <laughs> just to be just to be just to be tricky uh okay um release date uh oh i just noticed i could have gone a little bit cheekier with my with the extra question but no what would you have asked just as a matter of curiosity uh, how many? How much time did it take me to complete it? <laughs> oh, now that would have been a great question. I like that. Uh, I'm gonna say. Oh well, maybe next time. A Friday. Let's see. I'm just. I'm just. Excuse me. I'm just looking back on what. What this was. All right. Whatever. I don't. I don't think I. Uh... I, I feel good about this Whatever. I gave them. I don't know. I. I... Hmm. I took a guess. I based Okey on the let me have this open on the other tab there. So I have both of your times in mm -hmm. and Alex says 25 hours and 30 minutes for main and Rick mm -hmm. says 32 hours for main. Mm -hmm. The correct answer is 34 hours for main oh, story. So Rick shit. gets a point. Okay. One down, three to go. <sighs> As for the main last time, both of you said 35 hours. Mm. Both oh, get points. No! It's 35 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's... I'll, I'll, uh, I'll change mine there, Paula. 13. <laughs> yeah. And for 100%, Rick says 50 hours. And okay. Alex... And Alex says 50 hours and a half. <laughs> and the, the uh, correct answer You're is like 50 minutes. hours and a half. Alex Fuck was yeah! spot on. Disappointing. Okay. In fact, why am I giving myself a point? No. Mm. Finally. <laughs> I don't feel for the release date of the Vita version, Alex says October 12, 2018. And Rick says August 31st, 2017. And sadly, the point goes to Alex because really? Rick, you were you were way off by one day and one year. The correct oh. answer is 2018, 
August 30th. Oh, right. you were like almost spot on just a year. Shit. Yeah. I think yeah. really I should get those points. I think. <laughs> how, how, you... how are we defining closest, really? Who got the Rick, month? We'll give I you did. one, we'll give you one extra point there. Ah, <laughs> uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That means 16 for Alex, nine for Paolo, nine for Rick. Tied the bar there. Hey, look, this is only fair. You guys won the last two. <laughs> you said anything about fair? It's a competition. I know, it's true. I just feel happy. I feel I did pretty good on these votes. Nice. All right, sick. Well, that means in October, uh, y'all are going to be playing Alex gets to pick the game. Yeah. Well, I'll, you know, mm. I'll give you choices. Um, we could do the same thing that we did last time. I'll, I'll make some choices and we can let the community uh, vote along with you guys as well um, to decide. I'm going to look through your like backlogs and stuff, though, because you know I don't want to. I'm not going to pick shit. you got to buy. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. Um, unless it's easily uh you know <laughs> if it can be found on the step and stage exactly if it can be there i mean maybe yeah. oh that's great new round next week it then well now it's anybody's game again i like doing this every two rounds it feels because again at the end of this round cadence works for it yeah yeah it also seems like at the end of two rounds you get like a pretty clear winner that's happened to us both times now um, mm. anyway all right whatever so thank you everybody for tuning in um i can breathe easy now i don't have to play i don't know <laughs> something different it's definitely gonna be three horror games i'm just letting you know right now it's gonna be three horror games <laughs> like no sure. my heart <laughs> it's october it's definitely three horror games i love horror games man. Yeah. Or Bolly's gonna have a heart attack. Yeah. If she doesn't make it through October, you already know why. <laughs> and you both have Game Pass, right? Like Rick, you have Game Pass for a while, don't you? I have it until like next March, I believe, yes. Fuck yeah. Alright then. That opens up so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alright. Let's yeah, let's let, let Rick get to sleep. And uh we'll see y'all next time. Catch you later. Bye.